Hi, I'm Johanna Ferreira, content director of Pop Sugar Juntos. Juntos is all about celebrating Latin A culture, pride, our many intersectional identities, and joy. Thanks to support from Prime, there's so much to get into over at Juntos this month. From conversations with the Latin A minds behind our favorite new movies and resurrected TV shows, to thoughtful celebrity commentary, and exclusive interviews with some of the biggest Latin music artists today. And it doesn't stop there. Get more of the music, movies, and shopping you love on Prime. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more of whatever you're into from streaming to shopping. And get all of our latest coverage at PopSugar.com slash Juntos. Con amor, Johanna. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This episode contains references to suicide. Please use discretion. Tell me about your, your family growing up. Did you have a lot of brothers and sisters? Were your grandparents around? Oh, yes. Uh, my grandfather and grandmother were. Um, they were the patriarchs, uh, matriarchs of the family farm. They came here from Germany, started out in South Dakota, dry land, wheat farmers. Mark Kewen's grandparents moved to Iowa and bought a farm there. Mark's father grew up farming corn and soybeans, and when Mark was old enough, he began working on the farm, too. What was your uh, relationship with your grandfather like? Well, he had, by that time, he had retired and lived up in, in Charles City, and he was elderly, and um, instead of riding the school bus home, oftentimes I would go to his house, and uh, we would, it was very interesting to listen to him, and we would throw his hats on the elks and the moose and whatever else was in the the antelope that he had mounted on the in the house and we he also had a shortwave radio and uh, that's where we discovered the world he would tune in faraway places and the machine would come in and out kind of fade in and out it wasn't like you're listening to a real broadcast constantly but um, we could pick up lots of things like ships at sea and just interesting things, and um, one day we stumbled across a broadcast of Wimbledon on the BBC. What do you remember hearing? I mean, you were hearing British accents. What What do you remember? You, why were you drawn to it? Well, the sound. The microphone at Centre Court Wimbledon, the ball sounds like an explosion. Every time they hit it, it almost echoes. They talked in the, in the way that there was such dead silence between the points. There was always this reverence with the court. Uh, it's almost church-like. Did you have any idea about, about tennis before that point? No, nothing. And um, the way they scored the game was seemed odd. You know, it went from 15 to 30 to 40 and, and game and love, all of that was uh, unique. 
Mark says he couldn't stop thinking about the broadcast. He and his grandfather looked up Wimbledon in the encyclopedia, and Mark started learning everything he could about tennis. My mother uh, bought me a racket with S&H green stamps, and that's it right up there in the middle. That was your first racket? Uh-huh. And uh, I think it was three books of green stamps. You used to you'd get the green stamps when you'd purchase things, and then you'd lick them and put them in these little books, and then you could redeem them for things. His mother would drive him to towns nearby so he could play matches with other kids. Mark still has a little trophy from his first tournament. He was runner-up. His mother saved a newspaper clipping about the tournament and stuck it on the bottom of the trophy. He says he was always thinking about tennis. One of his chores on the farm was taking care of his sister's pony, Chico. So one day, 1962... I'm out there watering Chico because they had to water him here at the trough and then put him into his stall, and um, he wasn't cooperating. And um, so I'm kind of wandering, looking at this cattle feedlot when I kind of realized this is just about the right size for a tennis court. And I do recall getting a 100-foot tape that day and measuring it off. He remembers thinking, what if there was a tennis court? just like the ones at Wimbledon, right here on the farm. But uh, my parents weren't too impressed with that idea when I posed that the first time. <laughs> In those years, would you follow along with Wimbledon, what was going on? Oh, of course. Was that your favorite tournament oh, of the yes. year? All the time. Yeah, Rod Laver was an early favorite of mine. Um, you know, uh, my favorite all-time player uh, was Arthur Ashe. When he defeated Jimmy Connors, uh, that was a big moment for me. Arthur Ashe played Jimmy Connors in the Wimbledon finals on July 5th, 1975. Jimmy Connors, a player known as Jimbo, had been practically undefeated the previous year. He was the clear favorite. The well-known tennis commentator, Bud Collins, said that he was, quote, scared to death that Arthur was going to be terribly embarrassed. But then Arthur Ashe won, and it was called one of the greatest upsets in Wimbledon history. He was the first, and still is the only, black men singles champion at Wimbledon. As Mark got older, he kept playing tennis. He got married, and he and his wife Denise had two sons. In 1990, they moved into the house next door to the cattle feedlot. He says he occasionally thought about that idea he'd had to put a tennis court in the middle of a cornfield. He said it felt like a whimsical fantasy. And then, in 2001, a close family friend died unexpectedly, and Mark says it got him looking at his own life in a different way. And um, that was kind of the last... Strong. It was just like, oh, are you going to do this, or we're just going to forget about this? And so we finally decided just to go for it. He says the first step was to ask his wife. <laughs> Denise, you got to, uh, okay, you know, are we in, are we in for this? And, um, yes, yeah, you know, she was in. Along with their two sons, they got to work. I'm Phoebe Judge. 
And this is love. Wimbledon is the oldest tennis tournament in the world. It first took place in 1877. It's played at the All England Lawn Tennis Club. Today, they have over a dozen courts, including Mark's favorite, Center Court. Wimbledon is one of the four Grand Slam tournaments in tennis, and it's the only one still played on grass. Grass is a tricky surface to play on. It can be slippery, and it gets worn down over the two weeks of Wimbledon, meaning players have to adjust as the surface changes. The head of courts and horticulture at the All England Club, Neil Stubbley, has said, We can manipulate the plant to an extent, but at the end of the day, Mother Nature has the final say. That's one of the beauties of grass. It's a challenge. That's why players realize how special it is to win Wimbledon. The All England Club has a manual for taking care of the grass that's 33 pages long and incredibly detailed. The ground staff renovates the courts every September, and they use more than nine tons of grass seed a year. They have rules for how many millimeters tall the grass should be at different times of the year, During Wimbledon, it's exactly eight millimeters. It takes them about 15 months to prepare a new court from start to finish. How do you even begin to make a grass tennis court in a cornfield in Iowa where cattle... How do you even start? Well, yeah. Uh, First of all, you know, we're farmers, though. And so uh, that's what we do for a living. We grow things. So starting from the start, I was never... uh, intimidated by that that concept although other people uh would were <laughs> uh so uh, so so first step well i'll just start going to the golf courses and talk to the golf course superintendents and get some ideas and and see what you know what they tell me well nobody really believed me and um they didn't think you know what's he doesn't know how hard this will be or doesn't have a concept. So that didn't get too far. Then Mark decided to reach out to Iowa State University, where they have a whole program just for grass. He was put in touch with a professor who'd just been to the All England Club in person, and he started giving Mark advice. You know, I was reading books, this thick on turf grass management, and and so I had some really good uh, advice from the, from the get-go. The first thing Mark had to do was clear the cattle feedlot and the area around it. His sons, Mason and Alex, helped. This area between the house and the fence used to be a driveway. And um, we tore out, we had to dig all the gravel and everything out of there. But um, everything had to be removed. Down to every last pebble. And Alex and I, <laughs> we, we scooted around on blankets, little pads, little pillows, and picked up buckets full of little pebbles. It, you see, it was primarily sand, and it, too bad it wasn't screened, but there was a lot of pebbles out there, and that's how we spent two, two days that weekend, just sliding around, picking up those pebbles. 
It was. <laughs> and he was game for that. He didn't say, no way, I'm not, I'm not doing this. No, he was in. He enlisted the help of his longtime doubles partner and a few friends. They worked for months and months. I think we brought in 16 loads of very sandy soil because we needed a sand base for this grass to grow good. Um, we're leveling it down. Uh, I can show you some pictures of that. Yeah. Okay. So, here we go. There's what it looked like. We're digging, trenching in tile lines. Uh, there's six tile lines that go through the court to drain the water off uh, rapidly. Water hardly ever stands out there. Um, I'll never forget this day, the day I took a pickaxe and went across that driveway. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Hard work. Oh my, that was amazing. Here's our irrigation system that's in there. And all the while the neighbors are going by, what in the world are Kewen doing over there? Uh, and then uh, it finally started to grow. What was it like when you saw it was fine? Yeah, it was growing. Special. I will never forget the first couple of days. Like, um, you know, you keep waiting for the grass to come up, and then all of a sudden, when it does, all of a sudden it was kind of a little fuzzy. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. One day we're out there playing croquet with Grandma, and she says, "What are these spots? What are all these dead spots?" His grandmother pointed out that Mark's tennis court had a fungus, so he started moving healthy grass in to try to fix it. And then they got to work on the fence. They used a jigsaw to cut 678 wood pickets and hand-painted each one, white on one side and green on the other. They hung a long rod on the front of their tractor and hung pickets there to dry. Mark says that for a while there were stacks of pickets everywhere, all over the court and all over their house. Then we started putting the net up. People were stopping by, and they, they, because they thought there was a horse there a long time ago. They said, people asked, well, you're building a horse arena? Heavens, no. <laughs> we are not building a horse arena. I actually kind of have nightmares about this place growing up into weeds or worse, a horse. When the court was finally ready in the late summer of 2003, they sent out invitations to their friends and neighbors inviting them to the opening day of the All-Iowa Lawn Tennis Club. We'll be right back. Embracing nature is more than just going for a walk now and then. It's reconnecting with the elements. It's harnessing the power of natural ingredients. It's putting the earth first. For over 50 years, Nature's Sunshine has been sharing the healing power of nature as they work towards a healthier planet. Their manufacturing facility is 100% powered by sunlight, and they divert 95% of waste away from landfills. If you're looking for a sustainably made herbal supplement, you might want to check out Nature's Sunshine and their new power line. Power Beats are a superfood performance booster that can help enhance both performance and blood flow. And Power Meal is a satisfying protein-packed superfood shake that comes in sustainable packaging made with nearly 40% post-consumer recycled plastics. Now that's something you can feel good about. 
This Earth Month, you can enjoy 25% off your first order with code NSP. Just go to naturesunshine.com. That's naturesunshine.com and use code NSP for 25% off your first order. Calling all female runners. It's time to lace up and join Team Milk. Since the 2022 New York City Marathon, Team Milk has sponsored female marathon runners nationwide, providing support and shining a spotlight on their unique stories, perseverance, and drive to go the distance. Why milk? Dairy milk is an excellent nutritional ad for both marathon training and recovery. Milk contains 13 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, making it a crucial component of a training diet. Plus, it's one of the best beverages for hydration, even better than water. The same electrolytes that are added to many of your favorite sports drinks are found naturally in milk. And in 2024, Team Milk is taking the next step to empower female runners by launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. Built to be accessible, empowering, and community building, the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. Okay, so we are in a Ford F-150. We visited Mark this June. To get there, we flew to Minneapolis and rented a car. They ended up giving us a pickup truck and then drove two and a half hours south to Charles City, Iowa. I think what we're looking for, are, I think we're looking for a British flag, right? Yeah. So when we see the British flag, we'll know we're close. One thing around us is that we are just in the middle of a cornfield, but there are all of these big wind turbines. Oh, there's the British, there's the English flag. Whoa, it's really in the middle of nowhere, huh? We are in the middle of nowhere, but here is Welcome to the All-Iowa Tennis Club. And there is a grass tennis court. Look at this perfect grass here. Well, it's opening day at the All-Iowa Lawn Tennis Club. This is opening day? This is opening day. Do you wait all year for opening day? Yes, we do. <laughs> we were completely surrounded by cornfields, in the middle of it all is Mark's farmhouse. On the roof is a weather vane with a tennis racket instead of an arrow. And right next door to his house is a pristine grass tennis court. It looked unreal, like a movie set. The grass seems so perfect. How hard is it to keep this grass so perfect? Well, you know, it's just kind of a labor of love, and uh, it takes a lot of work, and... Um, I've been mowing it, let me think, how many times have I mowed it this year already? So it goes two ways, as you can see. It kind of creates a diamond look. But then it, the grass gets cut off evenly instead of going in the same path all the time. I actually go four different directions. And I think I've mowed it, I don't know, 28, 29 times already before we even started playing. How often do you have to mow it? Every other day. This was the cattle shed. He showed us the shed where he keeps his equipment, a lawnmower that he keeps very sharp, and a machine that paints the white lines of the court. And um, all this stuff is the very same equipment that they use at Wimbledon. 
Yeah, we try to add a few features that uh, um, added a touch of Wimbledon every year. Of course, the uh, net pose, the net, um, just about everything. We have the uh, we have our own version of colors. It's it, it's our version of purple and green. It's not exactly like Wimbledon's, but uh, there's a lot of little things that are made to make it look like an English garden. And the theme of Wimbledon is tennis in a garden. I mean, so it's like tennis in a cornfield too. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's more like that here. There's a sign pointing east that reads Wimbledon. 4,090 miles. There's the British flag, green benches for the players, and an umpire chair with a pink and green umbrella on top. When his court was done in 2003, he started playing tennis on it. And it kind of went like that for a couple years. No one really knew about it because it was just kind of this little curiosity for my family and friends and my people that I played tennis with. But then, a few years later, a well-known sports journalist got in touch. He'd heard about Mark's tennis court, and he wanted to write about it. And uh, he wrote this story, and it was in the back page of tennis. And um, and then when that happened, everything kind of changed people just did literally start showing up. And uh, so many people came that first year that um, we created this website, and um, it wasn't uncommon. It's, it only probably happened two or three times, but sometimes I'd come home and people would be playing out there. <laughs> Which I was kind of found interesting, but they said, well, you know, we went to the house and, and we knocked and there was nobody there, but... We thought we'd just give it a hit. Oh, that's okay. Would you play here with your sons a lot? Would you be here and then decide, you know, let's just go out and, and no, hit sir. a little? They, they um, both were basketball players, and they, they um, picked up the game of tennis. That wasn't their first sport, but Alex became very good at it. When Alex got older, he moved to Mason City, about 30 minutes away. He served on city council and coached his son's baseball and football teams. But he came home often to play on the court with Mark and to help him take care of it. What is the hardest thing about taking care of a, of a court like this? I mean, as you say, you can't just go away and forget about it for a week yeah. because it'll be... It's like milking cows. You, know, you can't walk away from it for more than a couple of days. In the heat and humidity of summer... It's quick to attract a fungus, but the thing you learn is just grass. You know, you'll make mistakes. I've made so many mistakes, but it's just grass. It'll grow again. One day, Mark decided to write to the head groundsman at the All England Club. He asked if there was any way he could come and be an intern with the grounds crew. And... um, I'd get back these kindly. Well, it was pretty exciting. I'll never forget the first one I got back. All of a sudden, here's a letter from um, the All England Lawn Tennis Club, Southwest 19. And um, it was this very kindly worded rejection letter, <laughs> uh, which I still have, of course. But I kept writing anyway. And then, eventually, he wrote enough. 
that they said yes. We'll be right back. Mark Kewen was invited to Wimbledon in 2012 as a 62-year-old grounds crew intern. I mean, here I am, you know. I'm at the All England Club. I'm invited to work with the ground staff. I mean, like, God. And uh, they took me in the back door of the club, and they said, well, would you like to take the champion's walk? And so we took that walk that they, the players take when they come down those stairs and they open the doors and they're center court. And um, I didn't even want to step on it. I kind of kneeled down, put my finger on it, and it was like you finally achieved your grade. For, for, for someone, a guffer, a guy who'd been spending an awful lot of time making your own court, when you first saw it with your own eyes and saw that grass, did you think, well, that's perfect? It did. I, it, it, I mean, this is profession. This is the center court. He remembers being amazed by how precise everything was, the attention to detail. They talked to him about shadows on the grass. They showed him how they cared for the grass, how to use their mowers, and how to use their rollers that paint lines on the court. He says they showed him the Wimbledon way, and he took it all home with him to try out on his court. Three years later, Mark went back to Wimbledon with his son Alex. He showed me a picture of the two of them standing in front of center court. They watched Novak Djokovic play. Alex wrote a short essay about going to Wimbledon. He wrote, I can't tell how special it is to share that view with my dad. It's the ace on our bucket list. Mark says it was a dream come true to be there together. The year after that, Wimbledon invited Mark to be a court attendant. And the court attendants dressed the court for for championship play. They roll out the umpire's chair. They, they um, position everything just so-so. And they're responsible for rolling the tarps and then holding the umbrellas during the game changes. So I'm like the oldest court attendant that they've ever had at Wimbledon. While Mark was away, Alex took care of the court at home. He was uh, mowing the court and setting everything up. And he played with some uh, friends when I, we were gone. And, um, and he, he was going through a lot of difficult times right then. And um, we didn't know the level of depression that he was experiencing. And uh, five days, at, uh, we'd seen him a couple of times and talked to him, but we had a cookout here at the farm and we were sitting in this very room and... Um, he was going to play in a tournament the next day in Ames. And uh, and so I was out there on the court. He It was a little too wet to serve. He wanted to go hit a few, but it was a little too wet, so we didn't do that. But um, I, I always remember when he when he left and he waved like that, and he flashed that amazing smile, and he said, I'll see you tomorrow, Dad. And that was the last time I saw him. Alex died by suicide 
in July of 2016. You can't, uh, you know, it was filled with grief. Um, just uh, aimlessness, gr- um, you know, guilt. What could I have done? So, pretty hard to. So we closed, we closed the car. Said we can't play anymore this year. After they'd gone to Wimbledon together, Alex had wanted to change their grass in Iowa to the same kind of grass Wimbledon used. So that's what I did. Mark ripped up all the old grass and planted rye grass, the grass that Alex wanted. And then he renamed the court. It's now called the Alex J. Kuhn Court of Dreams. Do you think he'd be happy with how the court looks now? Oh, sure. So would my grandfather. In 2017, Mark held the first Alex J. Kuhn Invitational. Boys and girls uh, from Iowa versus um, players from primarily Minnesota. We've hosted Nebraska here as well. Um, And kids come and play, and, you know, um, we make a big deal out of it. They get introduced, you know, they raise the flags, pomp, circumstance, all that stuff, and um, they bring their parents, grandparents, and, you know, it's a lot of fun. While we were talking with Mark, we were sitting on his screened-in porch with a perfect view of the tennis court. We were watching his grandson, Alex's son, Rylan, play. He plays on his high school team. Uh, Alex had, their forehands are somewhat similar. Uh, Rylan has a much better backhand. He's got the best backhand of anybody in the family. Does he look like Alex looked yeah. at that age? Well, it, it, it's the voice when I'm on the phone that, it, that, I, that I can hear that, that connection a lot. This year, Mark is going back to Wimbledon, and he's taking Rylan for the first time. They're there right now. Today, people come to visit Mark's court from all over. He says he's had visitors from almost every state. One was the son of one of the commentators from that early 60s BBC broadcast that started it all. Can you believe that? I mean, it just blows my mind when I think of it. Jack Kramer's son came here, and um, we met, and we're, we're, we're pretty good friends. You know, I think uh, probably a lot of people won't remember the fact that I was a farmer here, but I'm sure a lot of people are going to remember what we've done with this little patch of former cattle feedlot. Before we left, they invited me to play a little. You know, I've never played on a grass tennis court. Oh, it's fantastic. It's soft, easy on your body, and... um, you know, it's the way the game was meant to be played.
This Is Love is created by Lauren Spohr and me. Nadia Wilson is our senior producer. Katie Bishop is our supervising producer. Our producers are Susanna Robertson, Jackie Sajiko, Lily Clark, Lena Sillison, Sam Kim, and Megan Kinane. Special thanks to Samantha Brown, who first told us about this story. Our technical director is Rob Byers, engineering by Russ Henry. Learn more about the show on our website, thisislovepodcast.com. And if you like the show, tell a friend or leave us a review. It means a lot. You can learn more about our trip to Iowa this week on Criminal Plus. Producer Susanna Robertson takes us behind the scenes and tells us what she learned about tennis and my favorite subject of all time, lunch. Criminal Plus is our new membership program. Members can listen to everything we make without ads, get bonus behind-the-scenes episodes, and access to special merch. To learn more, go to thisiscriminal.com slash plus. That's thisiscriminal.com slash plus. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at This Is Love Show, where you can see photos and videos from our trip to Iowa. This Is Love is recorded in the studios of North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. We're part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. Discover more great shows at podcast.voxmedia.com. I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Love. Celebrate Earth Month this April by harnessing the power of Mother Nature with Nature's Sunshine's new power line. From power greens with over 200 plant-based nutrients to support gut health and foundational nutrition to power beets that can improve performance and blood flow. Not to mention Power Meal, which delivers plant-based calories from Whole Foods to help keep you both energized and feeling satisfied throughout the day. This Earth Month, you can enjoy 25% off your first order with code NSP. Just go to naturesunshine.com. That's naturesunshine.com and use code NSP for 25% off your first order.